Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Charlotte Dunford on the line. Charlotte, how are you? Good. How are you? I am awesome. Been looking forward to this conversation for quite a bit. And as we talked a little bit in the pre-show, uh, with inflation and cost and everything else that's going on, uh, this is uh, definitely a topic we want to talk about. So why don't you share a little bit about you and the organization you're with and the work you do? Right. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, my name is Charlotte Dunford. I am the managing partner at Johns Creek Capital. Um, Johnson Capital is a private equity firm focusing on small mobile home park syndications. So our niche actually features uh, value at properties uh, with slightly higher cap rates going in at purchase. They say you make money when you buy. That's kind of what you know. We, we want to make sure we buy at a really good cap rate. And we currently have 25 mobile home parks under management and with over $4.8 million in investor subscription. So that's uh, kind of my elevator pitch there. Um, <laughs> Well, it's sure. great. And, you know, as we were talking you know, about housing costs and, you know, mobile homes are, you know, they used to be a really affordable option, it, maybe not as affordable as they used to be when I was younger, but it's still an option for many people. And as far as investors are concerned, there is a desperate need for housing. Uh, it doesn't matter what part of the country you're in. You know, when I spend time in Canada, you know, housing prices have doubled in the last seven years on average. And yeah. it's basically priced out people from being able to acquire homes and then rental costs are, are out of whack. And you know, real quick, a recent study in the province of New Brunswick, they the government had implemented some rent control because... Mm -hmm. Rents were going high because the cost of property were high and the investors were trying to you know, recover some of their investment costs. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's two sides of the same coin. A lot of people say, well, it rents too high. Well, yeah, but you know what? The, what's the mortgage that that homeowner is paying? They're going to have to recover their costs somehow. Yeah. But one of the challenges that this new rent control has put into place in the popular areas that tend to be travel destinations for people that don't live in New Brunswick some of the landlords were so restricted by this new increase that they've decided that they're just going to um, basically kick everybody out of their yeah. complexes and they've converted a lot of their properties to Airbnb. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't solve the problem of making affordable housing or housing available for people. Um, it's great for people that are visiting because um, then they give an additional option to an apartment complex or excuse me, a, a hotel or right, other yeah. types of things. But for the people that live there, you know, right. now there's even less inventory on that. So, right. so for, you know, mobile home park investing, what, what does that look like? What, you know, for a, a potential investor, what, you know, what they'd be looking into as far as uh, investing in, in one of your, you know, right now, you know, 25 complexes, I'm guessing that is going to increase uh, dramatically over the next few years. Because I think that's, it, it's one of the easiest ways to um, add additional housing into areas and a lot, you know, quicker turnaround than, you know, building, you know, monstrosity condo buildings or townhomes or, or whatnot. Right, right. For mobile home parks, um, you know, the closest concept to mobile home parks would be a parking lot. 
Um, so the parking lot is uh, really, we, we, we buy um, you know, existing mobile home parks. So, so we don't really build a uh, park. So, you know, anything close to, um, you know, developing a mobile home park would be extremely, would be actually pretty difficult because of the zoning regulations. Um, a lot of cities do not mo want mobile home parks to exist, which cause a supply shortage uh, of mobile home parks. But the demand is keep going up because of the affordable housing crisis that America is facing. Um, so it is, I would say this affordable housing crisis exists all across the nation. Uh, we mostly focus on, we don't focus on an exclusive uh, area or market, but we do have a heavier presence in the Southeast and the Midwest uh, because of legislature, because of the prices, because of the, you know, tenant base and just the jobs, employment base in those areas. Um, in the Midwest, there are a lot of, you know, agriculture um you know, foundation, which makes the market attractive. And there are, you know, 15 major parameters that we look at when we evaluate a deal. Um, that's the market, just one of them, obviously. So, you know, the closest thing when an investor look at a mobile home park is a parking lot. You will have to see, you know, what the lot rent is at a parking lot. So you're really running on the dirt. You're leasing out the dirt underneath the homes. You don't want to own the homes because once you own the homes, they become park-owned homes. You know, when that, once that happens, it becomes a rental fixing furnace, fixing air conditioning business, which you kind of want to avoid that with mobile home parks because um, what makes mobile home parks attractive is that you're renting the lot and that there is some stabilities with the tenant and that, that, that they are on the lot, they own the home, there's private ownership, so they do take care of their properties. That's what you want ultimately as an investor with mobile home parks. So we usually have shorter hold times around two to three years. So investors get their you know capital in and out pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, we have monthly distributions as cash flow. And the obviously, we, when we sell, there is the equity um, exit. You make the most money when you sell. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much in a nutshell how, how this is operated. But as far as, you know, operate, uh, sorry, underwriting a mobile home park, there, there are 15 major parameters that we look, look at. And we have a, uh, an internal algorithm that we, we have developed through just knowing, you know, underwriting so many deals, knowing which deals are good, which, deal, which deals are not good. Um, so that, that is definitely part of our system. It's always great to you know look at the data that you have and come okay. up with a system to be able to determine, okay, is this going to be a good investment for our investors and you know our organization as well or is it not and if it's not then you know because a lot of times it's like well that's a great location you know so you look at one thing but if they've got 14 strikes against them on your 15 point checklist then you know it, it, we can't right. make this work right. and it's great that you've done that right and each parameter has a weight that we assign to them and because each not all parameters are equally important in when evaluating a mobile home park specifically so some parameters may have <clears throat> uh, you know heavier weights bigger weights than the other one so you kind of assign a score to each parameter and to multiply that score with the weight and you calculate a score and see if this deal passes or not so it's a very much of an empirical um, and kind of an engineering mindset in looking at this um, the, the analysis of a property that's great and again i think because of the housing crisis um, my hope is that there will be uh, a little bit more flexibility uh, especially with, because, you know, I've seen 
you know, mobile homes, you know, over you know, my lifespan. And obviously I've seen the ones that are being manufactured today are obviously a lot better than the ones that were right. built in the seventies or eighties. And yeah. in many cases, you know, if they're, you know, a larger one, you wouldn't know that it was a mobile mm-hmm. home, you know, when you're right. inside of it. And, and again, I've seen, I've seen some, some parks, you might own them for all I know. I don't know because you know, I spent a ton of time in the southeast and I grew up in the yeah. Midwest, so I may I may have you know come across some of your parks and I know the ones that are owned, you know, where the mobile home is actually owned by people and mm-hmm. you know the gardens that they have in the yards, you know that yeah. you know they've got you know they sometimes they'll put some you know small picket fences around it. I mean, they look absolutely yeah. stunning, and yeah. you know it's and it. And there's a you know, community as well, exactly. Because and it, there's a lot of a lot of benefits to it. I know there's there's you know the, the stereotypes of things, but you know what? There's stereotypes with apartment buildings too, and you know rooming houses and a variety yeah. of other things too. And I think ultimately we got to get past some of those things. And say, okay, what can we design to make things affordable for people? To give them an option for home ownership that they can take ownership in and take pride in it and 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 be a great tenant and all of that. So I exactly. mean, it's great for that. So as an investor, do you guys have like a minimum amount that you would want an investor to contribute to be an investor in this? So usually we um, usually ask for a minimum amount uh, to participate, for investor to participate is um, $50,000 in a deal. But if the deal is smaller, let's say the deal is really small, then we might be okay with 25000 but usually it's 50000 to start with. Yeah, and I'm looking at your website. I know that's got some statistics, and you never know, you know, what is going to, you know, buy or sell, and the things mm-hmm. like that. But, but because right. you consistently pay out what you know a lot of people in stock investing would look at as like dividends in a way, it's like oh, here's yeah. some returns on things. That is what we like to call residual income, ladies and gentlemen, and that is really, really important because a lot, unfortunately, so many of us. We have income coming from a source, and it's called a job. There's other ways to get investment income you know, with with stocks, with commodities. There's you know digital assets, real estate. There's a lot of things, and what you offer and your team offers is really enticing to I think a lot of my listeners because. They're looking at it because a lot of times they think, okay, if I get involved in real estate, okay, I get, you know, they look at an apartment building or a complex. And like you mentioned before, okay, leaky sink, leaky toilet. Okay. The furnace isn't working, you know, and of course all those calls come at like 930 at night on a Saturday, you know, oh, nothing, yeah. no, nothing at 2 PM on a Tuesday that doesn't exist. No. Most, most people aren't home. Well, maybe not now. I mean, a lot of people have been home because of the pandemic, but that scares away a lot of investors like, yeah, I want to get into property, but then I'm responsible for the roof, the HVAC and all that other nonsense. And you're like, ah, I'm losing money on this because I'm spending all my money on fixing things that keep getting broken, whether it's just because of inferior equipment or sometimes tenants aren't the nicest of people and they don't necessarily no. take good care of things. So mm-hmm. in, in this environment, and, and what you offer, I think, is very enticing because, again, and again, let me before I continue, the show is not 
providing investment advice. It's just investment information. You do what you do with it. You do your own due diligence and invest accordingly to, to your needs and all of that. But having said that, it's it's definitely one of those areas where you're like, this makes a lot of sense for those that you know have the capital to invest in some things and can get you know pretty consistent return on things. And of course, you know, when you when you you know, unload a property, I should say unload. That's that sounds uh, when you sell a property. Un- unload yeah. un- unload is like you're trying to get rid of that '97 Chevy <laughs> that you've had in the back of the garage. Um, but when you when you sell a property, and obviously, you know, especially with the way things are, good chance there's going to be profit made. Then, of course, you benefit from that as being an investor. So, no, I, I think your your model is is spot on. Thank you. Yeah. So as an investor with us, the biggest thing is that investors are all passive. So uh, with mobile home parks, even if there are occasionally, there is not leaky toilets that you worry about. There are, you know, there could be broken utility lines in the winter uh, when it gets cold. Like this past winter, it was one of the coldest winters and the biggest with the most frequent storms in recent history. So we did have a lot of issues with that, but you don't have to deal with that. A passive investor, a limited partner, um, that is not something you need to worry about. We handle all the operations. All you worry about is the reports you get from us and the distributions and eventually when we sell the uh, the big distribution at the end yes so that that is a that is a that is one of the good features um to to, to to working with us is that you're passive that you can focus on your job and but you also have other other income sources because of your investments and so uh one question if if you can answer it if you can't that's fine is I, you know i'm not going to ask for an average but you know do you have like a, a basically a, a plan for it. it's like you buy uh, a piece of property for you know that's existing and all this stuff for for mobile homes is there a set number of years do you keep it do you say okay we're going to hold on to this and then we're going to sell it in five years or is it just kind of depending on opportunities that come up with other other establishments you say okay well we'll sell this one and invest into this one you know how, do, how does that work from your end Right. So with, with each offering that we send to investors, there is a projected estimated hold time. So usually there are anywhere uh, between two to five years and usually they're around two to three years. So if uh, we, we usually, you know, if we tell you that we're going to exit the property within two to three years, unless there are some extraordinary circumstances that let's say the market just crashed or some sort of war broke out that which is in today's day and age, anything could happen. So uh, the market crash, the may, we may have to, you know, delay selling. Um, but the, the ultimate goal is that we oh, we want to do, we'll always do what we say what we're going to do. Um, so we tell you that it's going to be a projected return of this percentage to this percentage, then that's what we're going to do. And we're not going to, uh, if we cannot meet that, then we would not you know, not deliver that. So it will always, you know, we we will do what we say what we're going to do. And the ultimate goal is to make sure, you know, when you're we are selling a property, the, the, the most important thing is to make sure that it is the absolute best time for an investor's interest to sell this property. Um, so we 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 will consult different third parties. 
uh, brokers and from other professionals and based on the underwriting and the market condition and looking at what we offer an investor at the beginning. Let's say we said that we're going to sell this property in three years. You know, let's see, you know, we have followed our business plan and uh, is it the right time to sell? Is the market the mature time to sell? And we always um, substantiate that decision with professional opinion with, you know, from brokers, particularly in that particular market, telling us that, you know, how it's looking in this market, why is a good time to sell? So every single decision that we make is always based on substantiated uh, data and actual professional opinions and actual numbers is never going to be, oh, I think it's just, I just feel like it, we're just selling. No. So with the new deals that we have, we always have new investors coming in and we always invest in, you know, new deals that way. But with the deals that we do have, and once you buy it, you know, the offering memorandum, the, the offering review that we sent you is going to be pretty, pretty, pretty good material as far as, you know, what we're going to do. So what we tell you you're going to do, we're going to do that. And that would be that what we go by. That's awesome. I think one last question that just came to mind before we wrap up. Is there a limit as far as, let's say, an investor? Uh, do you have investors that are invested in several of your properties or do you restrict? Yes. Okay. So. There, there are no restrictions on how many properties you can you can invest. We, I have investors who invested over twenty deals with me ever since our firm's founding. Um, some investors have stuck around and you know invested every single deal that I have. Um, so, and uh, you know, most of them have invested with me. Um, you know, several deals, um, but you know, on the higher side, you're looking at twenty some deals, and on the lower side, you're you're looking one anywhere from one to you know five you know deals. So, yeah, no restrictions in that regard. That's good. And like I said, you know, looking at your website, and I, I highly encourage people do that. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, you know, the, the return on investment uh, in, in is typically a whole lot better one what you're getting from the bank or even, and again, this is just not investment advice. This is just investment information. Um, you know, the, the returns that you, you've been able to post on, on your dealings so far uh, have you know, been, you know, pretty good pretty good you know again beats anything you'd get just in sticking in a uh, a savings bond or a bank account or something like that so you know it's it's obviously all the work that you've done you know the with the inside um, information and the analysis and all that and, and when you're saying okay yeah we're going to hold this for maybe two to three years and then you're looking at it when that two to three year window starts opening go okay is it actually a good time what's going on what's going on with the market and again using those external brokers they could say you know what hold on to this for another year because we're seeing that this is going to be booming in another year and from an investor standpoint you're like yeah i'll hold on for another year if i'm gonna know i'm gonna go from you know, again, I'm just throwing some numbers out there, you know, from a, a 10% return to a 25% return. Again, results may vary. You never know what's going on. But uh, ultimately, I think it's, again, for those that are interested in investing in, in different things, um, it's definitely something that they should explore. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, um, you know, the, the you know, the CDs and, you know, money markets with the bank, the savings account, that pays close to zero and you know it's, it's there's a safety net there because they pay you 0.1% of returns but if you're looking to grow your wealth and actually grow your equity um um it, it, that bank savings um it, well is 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 a, is a is a stable way but it's definitely not a 
a great way, I would say, to actually grow your investments. That 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 wouldn't even call it much of an investment, to be honest, because you know that it's it's a safety net, it's more of a savings account. Yeah. Exactly. So Charlotte, I love this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and this awesome work you're doing? Right. So um, please come find me at johnscreekcapital.com. Um, and um, there is a short contact form on there that you can just fill out and submit. I usually reach out within uh, about a couple hours. It's definitely the same day. So I would love to have a conversation with you. And uh, yeah, come come check our website. I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So Charlotte, again, congratulations on the success so far. And thank you so much for being part of the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.